Okay, good afternoon, Rabbi Isai. We're continuing in our uh, Shir on Biyar Tefillah. The Biyar Tefillah series is sponsored by our good friend Betzal Rose of Los Angeles, Leah Nishmas, his brother, Tzvi Ben Levi Yitzchak, his Hashem Shehav and Aliyah, Biyamel Siyosha for Sol Mishpacha. And today's learning, dedicated by our, our dear friend Rav Josh Rosenthal on the occasion of his father's yard site. Aaron ben Yeshua Zelig is Hashem Shavon Aliyah v'Yomel Tzioshar for his whole mishpacha. Okay, so we're continuing on in Hoidu. We mentioned the first segment of Hoidu was the Shir commissioned by David Amelech to Asa to compose for the Talmud Shal Shachar, and that goes from Hoidu until Al Tigu v'Meshichai u'V'Viyai Al Tareyo. The second song starts from Shir Lo Shir Chadash, and it goes until. Um, and then begins what Rav Schwab has deemed the braiding of Tefillah. Negadelcha, if you remember, Unishabechacha, Unifaercha. So these are the five parts of Pesukei Zimra. The first part being Negadelcha. And Rav Schwab learns Negadelcha is a lesson of Gidol, braiding. And what this does is it takes Pesukim from di- uh, different areas of Tanakh and it braids them together like a bouquet of flowers. So the first braiding was Raimimu Hashem Lekeinu V'shachal L'Hadam Raglav Kadoshu Raimimu Hashem Lekeinu V'shachal L'Hadam Ki Kadosh Hashem Lekeinu now we move on to the second braid. And the second braid takes psukim that are in Tehillim. So we're not... One is Tehillim Ayin Ches. One will be Tehillim Mem. And one is from elsewhere in Tehillim. And they are braided together. So what is this braiding? Because the last braid consisted of two psukim, two roimimus. The second braid is now going to consist of three um, psukim. As you know, for all you guys who bake challah out there, which I don't recommend, my recommendation is stay out of the kitchen. But if you make that mistake and you go into the kitchen, you better know what you're doing. So either sometimes you make challah, the braid should be small. Sometimes you make challah, the braid should be big. This second braid is a bigger braid. And this is called the braid of Rachamim. We take three psukim, and the theme of these three psukim is Rachamim. We begin, V'hu Rachum Yichaper Avoin V'lo Yashchiz V'herba L'Hashrapoi V'lo Yair Kachamasai Now we don't say, V'hu Merachem, He has mercy. We say, V'hu Rachum. Rachum says, Rav Shav of Pu'al, that he becomes Rachum through others. That means, God, we're not saying God has mercy. Rachum means others make him one who has mercy. Rachum, we make God have mercy. How? By asking him to have mercy. We don't say, No, God doesn't see us and say, Oh, I feel bad for those Nebuchadnezzar Jews. Let me help him out. No, he doesn't do that. God looks down and he says, look, if uh, if they don't want me to have mercy on them, then I don't know. You know, 
They, they're going to shul, but I don't know what they're doing over there. They're fooling around. They might be speaking. They might have their phones out. So, nothing I could do. Can't help them. God is not just merachim. He's rachum. We have to make him have mercy on us. Who says that? King David. King David, he was an Orthodox rabbi. He knows, he knows what he's saying. He doesn't say God is merachim. He says God is rachum. We make him have rachmanus. We make God have Rachmanus on us. We don't say God has graciousness upon us. He's Chanun. We engender it. Now this is an important thing and, and hopefully we'll discuss it more next week. And that is, You better know what this Pasuk means because there's no Pasuk that we say more often. We say this Pasuk at least four times a day. How's that? We say it in Haidu. We say it in Yehichavayd. We say it in Uvalatziyayn. And we say it on Marev. And on Shabbos, we say it five times. You say, what? Yeah, if you count Matzah Shabbos, we say, we say it five times. We say it in Haidu. Yehichavayd. Uvalatziyayn. By Mincha. We say it Matzah Shabbos Vuhurachum and then again Nuvalatsiyan by Marav. Bikhol Pam Yesh Bamirasa Kavanam Yukharas and every one of these five times you say it, it means something else. So you say that works out well because I don't know what any of them mean. That's good for you. That's true. But each time you say Vuhurachum, it means a different thing. That's the advantage of ignorance is bliss. I don't know what it means, so I don't have to worry about it contradicting one meaning to the other. We're going to talk about its meaning by Shachras. Now, next week we're going to discuss, there is an opinion, you don't say this Pasuk on Shabbos. The Magen Avram brings, you don't say it on Shabbos. Say, huh? But it's in the Siddur. Like we've said many times. You need to know this, this uh, halachic, Point. There is a shaila whether you're allowed to say the pasuk v'racham on Shabbos, and there's a difference between the v'racham of Haidu and the v'racham of Yichavod. Now, says the um, says Rabbi Shwab, Mishuras Hadin, Kesha Adam Moirid B'Koyne Vayse Davara Yitzchak L'Kavu Anishtekav Miyat. According to the letter of the law, you do something wrong, you need to get punished immediately. Loi begeder nekama, not not vengeance. Elikadela sakin tara. You need to correct what you did. The problem is, if God would punish immediately, then we would never be able to recover. <coughs> so, if God would punish immediately, then chasashalam, it would be lightning, and that would be the end of it. So, in exchange for one immediate uh, grand finality of punishment, Hashem is marich apoy. Hashem withholds, He lengthens His anger, and He punishes little by little. So one day, one day uh, you're a little achy, and one day you're a little stuffed nose, and the next day your throat is a little itchy. And this way, the Rebbe Hashem berachamim, instead of one whopper, he, he spreads it out and the conglomerate effect of the aches and pains is uh, in uh, exchange. 
Somebody once asked me, why do we say, Rafa'inu Hashem b'nei Rafa'i, God heal us? Why don't we say, Hashem, Hashem, I don't know, keep us healthy? The answer is, is there even a day of one's life that a person doesn't need some kind of refuah? No? Every day, you could legitimately say, Rafa'inu Hashem b'nei Rafa'i. Now, v'hu rachom, God is merciful, yichaper avayin. He, what does kapara mean? To cover over. Af al avayin. Avayin is sha'avinu b'meizeh, that which we sinned intentionally. Uvamal, God covers over even our intentional sin. V'lo yashchis, and he doesn't destroy. In the, the madrega of giving us punishment all at once. God withdraws His anger, even if we're chayiv anointshim. And He doesn't arouse all of His anger, but He punishes little by little, like a bal like a like a creditor, that He doesn't collect all at once. He says, okay, pay me $10 today, $50 tomorrow, until you pay off the debt. So here I want to share with you some thoughts of Rav Miller on these three psukim, the braiding of mercy. And he is merciful. Vehurachum, he is merciful. What does that mean, he is merciful? It means only he is merciful. And only he is fully merciful. Everyone else, they're merciful, they're merciful but it's contingent, but it's not intrinsic. And even the mercy of other people in our life, it's not, it's not intrinsic because it comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even the mercy of a father and a mother on their children is not intrinsic. It's something God put in them. So Vehu Rachum means only God is merciful and only He is intrinsically merciful. Now we don't say Vehu Yerachem, He will have mercy, or he does have mercy, but he is merciful, which means, it doesn't mean a tense, it means that's his profession, that's his reality, it's his profession and vocation. He is intrinsically merciful at all times. Okay. Now we say, He greatly turns back his wrath. What do you mean? What wrath? Why is God so upset? And the answer is because the anger and the wrath which is created by sin is extraordinarily great. And that's something that we very successfully ignore and don't think about. We don't think about the fact that when a person commits an Avera, it arouses a very extraordinary wrath. And that could be for any... uh, Numerous possibilities of Averis that one may commit. And we have to realize that even though it creates extraordinary wrath, much, very much of God's anger is turned back and withdrawn just because of His kindness. So here a person could do something improper, may say something harsh, uh, do something improper in a Besakneses, in a shul, in his house, and on the street, and that arouses a very great anger, but you should know much of it God withdraws just because of His kindness. 
However, unless a person does a perfect tshuva, there's still going to be kas and wrath against the person. Vihirba, he greatly turns back his wrath, but not completely. Not all of the wrath is turned back. Now, he doesn't stir up all of his anger. Says Rav Miller, so enormous is the effect of a sin that it could stir up a terrible storm of anger against the world. But in his great mercy, he doesn't permit it to be stirred up. Meaning, technically, once in one Avera is committed, there should be a tsunami. But it doesn't happen very often. And that's because God, in His kindness, He doesn't allow the anger to be stirred up. <coughs> and this is the main offering I want to share with you on this Pasuk. It's a Pasuk that I believe is the most commonly recited Pasuk the entire day. We say that God does four things. These four degrees of mercy are enumerated in diminishing order. Number one, we say, God, you're merciful, you should cover over the whole sin. That's the greatest demonstration of mercy, that God cover over the whole sin. Then we daven, that even if he doesn't consent to wipe out the sin, because of its gravity, or <coughs> or because he has to set an example, we say, if you're not Yechapra Avain, then at least, don't destroy. I mean, if you don't cover it over, at least God doesn't destroy. Such as, a sentence of death. But, we ask that it should be berachamim, like we said, in small measures, and they should add up. And if you can't do that, and a lot of your wrath has been aroused, we ask you, at least turn back a lot of it, even if it's too late to revoke the decree, but as a last resort, we ask you to withdraw much of it. And even if you can't do that, even if you can't withdraw it, at the very least, at least if you do have to carry it out, it should be without the full measure of uh, anger. So that is the first Pasuk. The first Pasuk comes from Tehillim, and it is based on Rachamim, Hu Rachum Yichaper Avain. So how do we understand this braid? Says the uh, um, Rav Miller. You, God, do not withhold your mercies from me. Now that's pretty direct, and that should make an impression on a person. Could you go over to a king, or an important person, or even your governor, and say, You! You know, you don't talk that way. But with God, look how we're speaking to Him. You, Hashem, don't withhold your mercy from us. So we don't just say, Sikhla, loy Sikhla, don't you withhold. We say, Ata, you. And we don't say, loy Sikhla, Ata, we say, Ata. So what do we see from here? We're saying, you and you alone are the source from which Israel expects mercy at all times. 
The fact that we start off, That means what we're enunciating is, don't think that we're protected because we have a savvy Prime Minister, Netanyahu, who could tippy-toe around Presidents of the United States and um, dictators. No, 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 no. Don't expect mercy, not from the President of the United States, not from the Prime Minister of the State of Israel, and not from any other world leader or power in this world. Ata Hashem, only you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, are the source of Rachamim. We don't expect mercy from anybody else. And what's amazing is, even in the time when Hashem is angry, we could still say, don't forget your mercy. As it says in Chavakok, even in God's anger, remember your mercy. This is unlike any human being who, at the time that they're angry, they're the opposite of merciful. And we say, that the, a special bond he had with his people. And uh, to whose fathers he promised an everlasting covenant and his unchanging thoughts. We're saying that even at a time of Hashem's anger, <coughs> we could still expect His mercy on us. And we say, Ata Hashem, Leisichla Rachamechimeni, Chazdecha Vaamitcha Tamid Yitzruni. Your kindliness and your truth always guard me. Now I understand what it means that God's kindness always guards us. What does it mean His truth guards us? How does the truth of Hashem guard us? What does that mean? The truth of Hashem guards us. Now, the word tamid means always, without pause. Because if His kindness or His truth would interrupt for a moment, we couldn't exist. Our existence is solely due to Hashem's kindness and truth. And any time a mishap occurs, hmm, somebody's not feeling well, something, uh, if someone is challenged, he has a difficulty, it's to remind us of the hundreds and thousands of millions of other occasions that Hashem's kindness stood guard over him incessantly. Somebody wakes up one day, they're not feeling well. For a person not to be feeling well, there could be one of a billion possible explanations or reasons. It's to remind you that for the majority of your life, God was watching diligently and vigilantly over all of those billions of processes to make sure they would work perfectly. And when something is not working properly, it's to remind you, A, to thank Hashem for being vigilant for the vast majority of all other things for the re- during the course of the rest of your life. And it's just to trigger your mind to make you realize how every moment of life we are utterly dependent on God's incessant kindness. Now, what does truth mean? This is very important. And the reason why I bring Rav Miller over here, I didn't see any of the other Mepharshim explaining. What does it mean God's truth protects us? Truth means Hashem's faithfulness and steadfastness in maintaining His kindness. That means God is so committed to His kindness. When we say God's truth protects us, it's His commitment and his unwavering commitments, his steadfastness to his kindness. Now, MS refers, says Rav Miller, to he made a deal with us. He's not, not going to destroy the world in a flood. 
That truth stands up for us to protect us. He made a covenant with Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov that he would perpetuate the existence of Klal Yisrael. God maintains faithful to that promise. God made a promise he's going to revive the dead. He is steadfast to that promise. So all of the promises God made to maintain the existence of the universe, to, to redeem us, God is faithful and truthful to those promises. So this is the second pasuk of the braiding of Rachamim Ata Hashem. Your kindness and your truth, Tamid Yitzruni, always guard me. And then we say, This is the third pasuk of mercy. Remember your mercy, Hashem, your kindness. We say to God like this God, when we say, remind, um, Remember your kindness, we're not telling you to do anything new. Your kindness is as old as the hills. As soon as you created the world, you, wrote, you created Bermuda Sarachim, like it says, Oilam Chesed Ibaneh. That the whole Bria was not for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but God's will to be mative to us, like the Mesil Susharim says. Says HaRav Avigdor Mozer Tzal Kevracha. Ki me'oilam hema. For from ever are they. These mercies and kindnesses are those that you bestowed upon us in the days of our fathers, in addition to the mercies and kindnesses which you demonstrated at the creation universe and thenceforth. We are thereby encouraged and additionally obligated in our trust in you. Meaning like this. You know why a Jew must have trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Because of our experience with Hashem. We have an obligation to trust in Hashem's kindness because of our long-standing relationship and experience with Him. From the beginning of time, God has been what, what Shoma Melch says in Mishlei. Re'acha v're'a avicha al-tazayv. Your friend and the friend of your father do not forsake. So God has been our best friend from time immemorial. Because the happy experiences obligate one to continue his confidence in the friend who has proved faithful throughout the generations. He fed us, he graded us, he guarded us, and we trust in him continually. So we say, Ato Hashem. We are not drumming up something that that is uh, new, is novel. You need to be ma'ayrer. No, this is as old as the hills. We are familiar with this mode of your conduct from the beginning of time. This completes the second braid of Negadelcha. The first gido were the two roimimus. But the braid of Rachamim is a three-part braid. Starting with who Racham Yichaper Avoyin Ata Hashem Leisuchar Racham Echim Meni Zuchar Racham Echah Hashem Achzak Tiri Meyelam Hima. Rabbi said, if we could even focus on one braid of of our davening, so the same way Friday night when you're hungry, a hot challah that came out of the oven, there's nothing like it. It's so delicious. It's sweet. It's satisfying. It warms your heart. So too, if somebody is able to focus properly on the words of davening, it will be like a warm, braided challah, and uh, it will elevate us, as Rav Schwab says, mispalel. It doesn't say mifalel. We don't offer prayer, but it's something that engenders elevation. Mispalel, it's reflexive. It elevates us. Okay, Rabbi, I thanks everyone for joining. Wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos. Baruch
Harvey, I have to disagree with you on one thing. I know what it is. What? <coughs> I know you're ready in the kitchen, right? That's right. Baking challah by 